Part three, connect with discipleship. I think the video really kind of sums up the sermon. Last weekend, I did something that didn't usually happen, but I did promise that I would come back. So if you look at the first part of your worship guide, pull out your worship guides, look at the top. There's a box. I promised I'm going to fill those in. Somebody went, praise the Lord, I've been worried about it all week. And some of you are like, I ain't even thought about it, okay? But I wanted to finish up that part of evangelism and move kind of, it all goes hand in glove, discipleship. So last weekend, we talked about personal faith in Christ, taking courageous, bold steps to articulate, to share, to express our faith in the Savior. And we learned how to do it on a napkin, Romans 6, 23. You can go to the website and watch it on video, or you can listen to the podcast, and you can get all that downloaded, and you can get that. But if, what I want to do is I want to try to launch into some stuff that I didn't get into last weekend, and these were just kind of peas as I was alliterating and I'm going through, and I think they're helpful steps in this process called evangelism, in a lifestyle called evangelism. So let's fill in the first one. Purposed to live authentically in public and in private. You know, we just challenged our parents, and we challenged ourselves to be good role models, good examples, leaving an example for these little babies, for these little infants, for their brothers and sisters, for children and teenagers and adults to follow, to see somebody that's emulating a life that's committed to Jesus Christ. And I hear it all the time, and you do too, that the church is not very authentic, the church is full of hypocrisy, there's a lot of pretenders, there's a lot of posing in the church of Jesus. And all I'm saying is some of that's true, yes, that's part of it. I mean, we're not perfect, we're flawed, we're sinful, we're fallen. But I am grateful by the grace and the power of Christ, we can live a transformed life. And the church said, amen, we can do that. There's power. It's a thing just said to us, we have to choose that. We choose daily, deny ourselves, pick up the cross, follow Christ. Or we choose daily to deny Christ, don't share Christ, and live our life. And we see what kind of mess that gives. But anyway... You know, one of the best ways, and I know, though, to share our faith, I want us to be verbal, I want us to articulate, but it is that example, it's that godly life that, uh, yeah, there's so many times we can't answer all their questions, and sometimes there's not even answers to their questions. I mean, people ask me a lot of questions as a pastor, and some of them I have profound, theological, deep answers for walking with Christ for decades. Sometimes I'm like, really don't understand the fullness of that. I think there's some scripture on that, I think there's some principles from God's Word. God had, has kind of left some tension in that, but let's trust him. But let's walk more closely with Christ. So there it is. We purpose to live authentically. Look at the second one. We prepare ourselves, though. We get equipped. I, I told you last weekend, that was the goal of last Sunday, was just to equip the saints, equip the body of Christ to have a reason for what they believe. And maybe a verse from the book of Romans. We could, go, we could have gone all through Romans. What an incredible writing from the Apostle Paul. I could have easily taken you through the gospel of John and shared, you, shared with you how to share the gospel, and that's one of my favorites is John. And there's so many different models, or we could have gone straight to Revelation, or we could have used any uh, number of paths had we chosen those. But prepare ourselves. So I want you to write in parentheses to the side. Discover your story as you prepare yourself. Learn the scriptures. Be ready to share the scriptures. Maybe you have it on your phone, which we do. Everybody's got the scriptures now because you can just download it. Got you version right there. But also, it's good to have some of it memorized. It's good to just have it as a natural conversation. You just, you just share it. So prepare yourself. But part of preparing besides scripturally is knowing your story, knowing your testimony in a succinct kind of way. 
not one that gives the glory to the devil and to the sinful, wicked behavior, lifestyle that consumed you before you came to Christ, and now that you still struggle that you're in Christ, but you just begin to share that story. We did a whole series here years ago. It's based on a book that Bill Hybels has written uh, about walk across the room. And we, we train one another about how to walk across the room and have gospel conversations, and it's worthy to maybe even pick that up to read it. So we, we, we share that. We point them to Christ. Look at the third one. This is important. Position yourself to be one that carries the gospel of grace. See, I think that we have a choice and a responsibility to position ourselves in a dark and lost world. Now, as I prayed earlier, didn't know I was going to do that, but really felt an unction to do that. I think about America, and man, there's a lot of hopelessness. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of chaos, and can I have an amen? Right now, we got the biggest mess, and now it has permeated the sports world where they got all that messed up now too, okay? And, you, and everybody, you know, i got all these different opinions and thoughts, and some of them I'm going to keep to myself, and some of them might not. But at the end of the day, I want to be a grace-filled person that has some grace-filled words, don't you? And I want to have some answers for what I believe, and I want to have some pride in who my Christ is, and grateful for my country. But above that, I, I want to position myself to build bridges with others, and I pray that you do, because there are a lot of people that are looking. They don't know. They're just, they're, there's just craziness out there. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen it in my years on, on this planet. So much craziness, so much division everywhere I turn. And it, but it's just not in political realms or athletic realms. It's in the church. It's everywhere. I mean, there's so many uh, divisions now in the church of the living Christ about what does Scripture really say and what is really pro-marriage covenant, what is pro-life. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I think I know this. We need to be discipled and disciple other people in this book. What do you say, church? In this book, amen? This is the authority for my life. So if you come, you're part of our church, this is my text. Same sacred writings I use week and week and year after year. Until I die, this is the authority for my life, amen. But a lot of people have cast this in and they think they found a better way or a confusing way. It's confusing, I'll give them that. Look at the fourth one. Pray fervently for divine appointments to share your faith. I remember the first time somebody introduced me to that word divine appointments, and I liked it, and I was intrigued, and I began to pray for those. I began to share. I began to study that, and I just think about that we have an opportunity to share. But I wonder, how many times do we ask the Lord, Lord, set somebody up. Lord, put me in a situation because I'm positioning myself to be a mouthpiece for you or some ears to hear or some hands to help, some feet to go. But Lord, give me a divine appointment. I've seen this happen time and time again. If you and I will be faithful to pray, the Lord will put people in our path that need to hear a good word of gospel. They need to hear a good word of good news, the hope that comes in Jesus Christ. And I'm just thinking, how many times do we pray that? So right now, I just want to stop right there. I thought this would be fitting. And just have a prayer. Can we just pray together? Lord Jesus, you are mighty, and you have told us to go into all the world and preach and proclaim the gospel. And Lord, if we're honest, we're not doing that as we should. So Lord, have mercy and forgive us. But Lord, give us a burden for people that don't know you. People that are lost in their sin, give us a heart for them. And Lord, we ask a simple way, Jesus, give us a divine appointment this week. Lord, give us somebody to share with. 
that needs to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I hope if you don't get anything out of this message today, you'll go, I'm going to be praying every single day that God will put somebody in my path to share Christ with. In some fashion, in some way, it could be a one sentence, it could be a paragraph, it could be a long, elaborate story of Scripture, how you came to faith in Christ, who, what Christ has done for you this week, what he's done for you this day, how he's given you grace, how he's forgiven your sin. You just go, God, I, I just want to trust you. I just want a divine appointment. Matter of fact, I was... Uh, I know Eric will love this because Eric, uh, we were talking one time and he loves this evangelist from California named Greg Laurie. He does these harvest crusades. And uh, one time he offered this book. And anytime you talk about sharing faith, I liked it. And it's called Tell Someone You Can Share the Good News by Greg Laurie. He has a great little thing he puts out daily, puts out devotions. But he had this one story that I was reading this book a few weeks ago, just priming my pump, thinking about faith sharing and getting encouraged, getting renewed. And, and this was one of the oddest, but I thought it was cute, but yet it made sense. Listen to this. His, his head of this, pair, this chapter goes, go into the, all the world, even the restroom. And I thought, man, I'm in trouble on this one. He goes, some years ago, I was in a department store in a mall, and I had to use a bathroom, so I, you know, I, I ran in and, you know, sat down. Okay, we'll just leave it at that, okay? And he goes, uh, and he says, he sat down, and the, and the guy apparently in the stall next to him said this. Hey, do you have something for me? And he says, this is kind of weird. I'm sitting here in a stall. I don't even know who's in the other booth. And the guy's asking me if I got something for him. And basically what it was, there was a drug dealer on the other side and apparently had this thing. And Greg Laurie kind of interrupted the thing. So uh, he thought, well, no. But then he thought, you know, I've been praying for divine appointments. And he asked him, um, he says, you know, God, like, really? In a, in a restroom? In a, in a public bathroom? You want me to share? Listen to this. He says, well, yeah, I got something for you. Hey, how about a personal relationship you could have with God through the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever considered that? Well, this guy was like, he was ready to receive a drug deal. He was not ready to hear about the gospel. He goes, well, yeah, you know, I used to go to church. Oh, you did? He goes, I used to go to Harvest Christian Fellowship. Guess who the pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship is? Greg Laurie sitting on the throne next to this other guy there's a moment of silence i want to say awkwardness oh my god he says i had to left buddy god must really love you you're trying to make a drug buy and the lord sent your pastor to talk to you i go okay he goes and after this thing so he shares with this guy and finally he gets kind of frustrated he says hey can we put it on pause let's finish business and go outside the stall and let's talk out there in public okay this is just a little too uncomfortable for me but here's, here's the premise. Be ready in season and out of se season to share the gospel of grace. Amen? Now, some of you are saying, Lord Jesus, I pray for a divine appointment. However, do not let it be in the bathroom. Uh, I, you know, whatever your prayer is. But I, I think you get it. Hey, we just want to share Jesus with other people. Uh, here it is. Write this down. This is a great line. Be willing to enter the zone of the unknown. Be willing to enter the zone of the unknown, of the unconvinced, of the unregenerated, of the unchristian. Lord, this week, I want you to put me with some people that are clueless. Lord, I want you to put me with some people that are hurting this week. I want you to put me with some people that need to hear about your redemptive power that you can cancel sin, that you can 
deliver us from addictions that hold us and bind us. Lord, I just want an appointment. Does this speak to anybody today? Hello? Let me know if it does. Say amen. Yeah, because we all can be a witness. Look at the next one. Five, practice your gospel presentation until you're comfortable. That was the whole thing last weekend. Getting tools, getting equipped, sharing Christ, and not trying to stammer through it, but being comfortable with that which we do. And then the sixth one is present the gospel clearly and present it with much compassion. Jesus, I want to be compassionate because you're compassionate. It's one of my prayers. I have a lot of prayers that I pray daily. They're just a part of my DNA spiritually. And it usually happens in the morning, this particular prayer. If not, it happens in the afternoon. And if it doesn't, everybody knows it. Lord Jesus, could you clothe me with compassion, kindness, and humility that people might see you today reflected through my life? But Lord, I put on my shirt and my pants and my shoes today, but I need the gospel attire. So every morning I get up and I put on the armor of God, Ephesians 6. But then I say, Lord, but I want to be clothed with compassion and kindness and humility. And Lord, I want somebody to know you. I want somebody to be drawn to you. I want some people, you know, and sometimes people are, are very open to your witness. And, some, and they're soft-hearted and they're tender. And maybe that's why God put you in their path. It's a divine appointment that God gave you. And sometimes I know there are those people, they're hard. They're mean, they're crusty, they're cynical, they're harsh. Give me another word. They're what? <laughs> I knew that was coming. They're grumpy. They're something. They're not open, and we just keep loving them. And I just think the power of the gospel can break through any personality disorder or defect or craziness in our life. And it's just so here's, a, here's kind of the thing that I'll say on this evangelism is the mission of disciples of Jesus. And right across the bottom, just look at it right there. I, today, I'm, I'm hitting these points, but I, I thought, Lord, give me three words to summarize what I'm trying to say today. And it came to me ever quickly. Equip. Second one. Engage and evangelize. And the whole thing, we're equipping. Then now we want to engage our world. We want to engage our community. And then we want to evangelize them. We want to share the good news of grace because it just, it speaks to the Lord. In, in Acts, he talks all about, they were, in Acts 4, they were bold witnesses, ordinary people that had been with Jesus. And they opened their mouths and they shared and many came to faith. And I believe it happened day after day in villages and communities in the world. And this morning it's still happening because there's power in the name of Jesus that we talked about last week in this personal experience with him. I think a verse is going to come up, John 1, 12. I love this verse. When I share Christ, I love to share this verse because this has the authority of the kingdom of God. And yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in on his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. To all those, yet to those that received him, received Christ, received grace, received forgiveness, he gives power to become children. If you've never memorized this verse, if you've never underlined this verse, turn to John 1.12 today and box it in. Highlight it. Underline it. I don't know. I, I, I love this verse. I, I've gone to this verse so many times in my Christian pilgrimage. Say, like, God, 
You said if I receive you. And man, I go, Lord, I'm so glad I have. I've received you by faith. I want to be rooted in the riches and the grace of Christ. I, I want to follow you, Lord. Now, let's look at this section here. It just is, don't really have notes in there. You, they're, just, they're just kind of for, uh, hanging out there. Discipleship. There it is, the Great Commission. We've got the Great Commission. We've got the Great Commandment. But here, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 28. Just turn over to Matthew 28. You're going to turn there, and you probably already got it underlined. You've probably already memorized this. But let's look at Matthew 28, starting in verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And it's amazing, that first word, go. You know, the Scripture could have said, sit. And boy, the church has got that one. Stay. We got that one. But Jesus used that word, go. Two letters, go. So my prayer today is, we know if we don't go because no, nobody comes new. Or people aren't coming or they're not being convinced because we're not going. And God's like, go, go and proclaim my excellent name. It's the mark of a disciple. A disciple that abides in the words of Christ. That they, they just love him and they, Lord, I want to go. And you know, that's my whole reason for doing this thing last week and this week. It's just to inspire, to motivate, to encourage people by the Spirit of Christ to go, I'm going to be a goer. I've been a sitter. I've been a chair sitter. We don't have pews. But Lord, I want to go. Because Lord, I'm your mouthpiece. Lord, you've redeemed me. Lord, I'm saved. Lord, I, somebody needs to hear about Christ. So mature disciples have the full authorization of heaven to go. We also hear, look in verse 28, it says, therefore, therefore, go. We're commanded. It's not like, well, here's the great option for the Great Commission. Think about it. Sit. No. Go. Uh, Lord, but, but I want to sit. Lord, I want to stay. Well, you know, it's like a rock. A rock just sits here. Does a rock need a steering wheel? No. I mean, a rock's going nowhere. A rock has no motion, and it, it's just there, unless you pick it up and throw it, okay? And then I guess it's going. Well, here it is. I'm just praying, God, get us off our proverbial chairs, out of, out of our seats, and Lord, help us to go be winsome witnesses, awesome Christian witnesses for Christ through your presence, through your life making but look at the next part he, he says go then he tells us make disciples of all the nations and there's some denominations that are doing this so incredibly well and there's there's people groups and christian mission organizations and i happen to serve in one called go international out of wilmore kentucky there out of lexington and, and they in about 13 15 16 different countries we're represented in and we're going all the time and making disciples and it's just part of the gospel but god god won't you're saying but okay well that's good i, I believe in missions i'll give to that but how about me? Well, every one of us, if we're a Christian, we can make disciples. Do you believe you have the power to make disciples? Jesus said you did. Your life matters to God. Your life certainly matters to other people. Because of what you say, what you show, it, it's, it's the love of Christ that constrains, that compels us to share. I understand sometimes we're just scared and fearful and nervous a little bit, a little bit of anxiety. But ultimately, Lord... Give me grace. Give me boldness. Help me to go. Help, help me to make a disciple. Love initiates a discipling relationship. My prayer would be that this year, every person in this room, if you're in Christ, you would go, you know what? 
I want to disciple somebody this year. I want to make disciples this year for Jesus. I, I want to make that my life goal. Because you, you have relationships, you have uh, people that you hang and do life with that nobody else does, and you have trust that nobody else has with them. And it might be that if you were just willing to say, you know, I don't know a lot about how to do this. I'm really kind of a horrible disciple maker, but I love Christ and I love his word. You know some ways you can make disciples? You just begin to share your story. You begin to share scripture that's becoming real to you. Sometimes people get other books, and that's good, Christian books. And maybe you go, hey, can we read a Christian book together this year, this month? And it's, it's filled with scripture. It's filled with principles. You go, you know, I just like for us to read and do commentary and comment. And along the path, you're just discipling them in the faith of Jesus. I've been doing this for almost 40 years, meeting with people, young, old, over lunch, uh, in my office, in homes, just getting with people, just going, man, what's your story? I got a guy right now, I, I, I'm about year six or seven with him. A lot of times I just do them for a year. I go, hey, let's meet for the next year. We're going to meet as much or as little as you, I don't say as little as you want, because they might go, hey, one time would be good enough. Okay, I, I go, as much as you want. But usually I go, hey, let's meet at least once a month or once every other week. And we're just going to walk through some spiritual disciplines. And almost everybody that I ask to do that, I go, man, I'd like to do that. My wife's been telling me I need to do this. I'm amazed how many wives push people into spirituality, you know? And then for you women, you know, y'all are great at conversating anyway, so I just encourage you to begin to pick up Scripture. Uh, there's so many materials in here, Lifeway or whatever. I mean, you, you can find a hundred ways to do this, but we just begin to make disciples because, because we, we really love people. And look what he says. He says, go, make disciples of the nations, baptizing them. You know, we baptize, not like we used to. I, I, I wish right now people were just like, man, I, I can't wait to get in the water. I want to follow Christ. I want to proclaim my faith. I want to proclaim the gospel is for me. I want to have the Romans 6 experience. I'm buried with Christ, and yet I am raised with Christ. But we baptize people in, in, in the name of Christ. We were therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may have or live a new life. Write it down, Romans 6, 4. That's all baptism does. It just declares. Yesterday, Madison, Brandon got their rings out. They put their rings on. Those rings were symbols. We're now in covenant. We're now one. We are visibly married. Awesome. But greater than that is the symbol of baptism where it declares to the world, to the house of faith, to the lost, to the everybody, I'm, I'm baptized in Christ. I'm in Christ. I abide in Jesus. I follow him by the power of Christ. And then but look what else he says. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And then he tells us in verse 20, and teaching them. Teach them to what? What does he say? Teach them to do what? Obey. You're teachers. If you're in Christ, you have the resident teacher, the Holy Spirit in you. There's something that you have to teach people. A lot of times people don't think they do. And here's what I hear all the time. Oh, pastor, give me something deep. Give me something really deep. And you get all these spiritually fat people that do nothing. Did you know it's your responsibility if you're in Christ to feed yourself? And the church said, you feed, I mean, how many of you, wouldn't it be crazy if we had a, a feeding team here at Christ Community and we came over to your house and fed you three meals a day? Would that be embarrassing? Like, man, Blake, he's going to crank the van up and he's going to go feed all the youth. I mean, he probably does already. He feels like he feeds them all. Spiritually and McDonald's and all the restaurants, Mama G's and everywhere else. I mean, he does feed them. But, but I'm saying spiritually, 
We feed ourselves. So let me just encourage you this morning. Box that right in here. You know what? It's my responsibility to feed myself too. I get the word in, in church. I get the word in my small group. I do this and this. But I also have a responsibility myself to feed myself. I hear that all the time. Ah, you're not feeding me. You're not feeding me. You're not feeding me. Feed, feed yourself. How old are you? How long have you been in Christ? 22 years? I think you should be able to feed yourself by now. How old are you in Christ? Six years. I, I remember when I came to Christ. I knew nothing. But man, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wait to hunger and thirst and learn. And then I'd start sharing it with somebody else. And then somebody else. And then somebody else start sharing something with me. And to this day, I'm still like, I'm enamored with the gospel. I, I, I want to learn. How many of you want to be learners today? Disciples. Okay. So, so you teach. It's at the core. You correct. Sometimes, you know, this teaching thing goes into correction. And that's, uh, that's kind of that's hard. But, but it's part of the gospel. We model the gospel. We, we talked a lot about that today. But we just we want to help people follow Christ. But I want to share with you a section I didn't put on here. I want you to turn to John 15. Can you turn with John 15 with me this morning? John 15. This is one of the richest parts of Scripture that I have meditated on year after year. Just so thankful for John 15. And I want you to look there with me in verses 1 and following. I am the true vine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. And no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And I am the vine and you are the branches, verse 5. And if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing nothing and if anyone does not remain in me he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and they're burned and if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be given you and this is to my father's glory that you may bear much fruit and show yourselves to be my disciples every time i read that i just go the key here just write it if you, one word if you want to write today abide if I abide in Christ, in him and me, the scripture says I will bear a little fruit. It not say that. It says I'll bear much fruit. And that's the whole thing I want to say today is, man, if you're a disciple of Christ and you want to make disciples, you've got to abide. It's dependent. You know, if, when you get cut off, when you get detached from the vine, when you get detached from Christ, you can do, what does the scripture say? You can do absolutely nothing. There's no power. There's no witness. There's no connection. But when we're connected to the source, being Jesus and abiding in him and his words abide in our hearts and we abide in the Father, oh man, God just does new things. He lights us up. The, it's the parallel, it's this metaphor here that Jesus gives. He, he knew how important. You know, you know sometimes you know, a weed will come up in your bush or something at home and it, it gets all intertwined and it gets all gnarly. But it really has no root system. It's kind of just cheating off the other and it's just kind of growing, growing out of control. And what happens? Do you, do you, some of you do. You let, you let those weeds grow up, <laughs> and your yard looks like it, okay? But if you'll go out there and you'll sever that thing, or you'll cut those bushes back, what happens? They become more what? Fruitful, because you prune them. And sometimes Christ prunes us. There's, I find in my life there's attitudes, there's things that Christ needs to nip, he needs to cut. You know, when, when you cut something, does it hurt? Hello? Does it hurt when you cut? Yeah, you're like, man, that hurt. I ain't doing that again. 
But then something good comes out of it, the healing and the substance and the connection. Well, man, when we trim, I mean, you go by somebody's yard, they just trimmed it. Man, they're like, man, why does your yard look so butchered? Ugh, it's horrible. Then give it a little time. Let it start to abide and dwell and grow and develop. Man, it becomes beautiful. And I think about, man, this relationship with Christ that you know, Jesus, you said you would remove the fruitless stuff, the fruitless branches. You would cast those off in the fire. And I'm just saying, Lord, could you fill our house with a bunch of fruitful believers? Man, that we just bear fruit for Christ. And people go, man, I'm inspecting and I'm, I'm seeing Christ. And so many people there. His, his life is on display. It, it's something beautiful. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you could appear superficially to be in Christ. You could go to church. You can go to Bible study, you can say the right things, but you're not a body. You get found out. So here, here's the whole thing I want to say this morning. I just pray we'll choose to start abiding deeply in Christ. And as we abide, he'll begin to clean us up and he'll correct us and he'll prune some stuff. He'll, he'll cut some stuff off in our life. It needs to be taken away. First John 2.19 says, they went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they'd been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they were are not of us. You know the sad thing? I've watched a lot of people come and go through the church of Jesus Christ in my ministry over the years. And a lot of them are serious believers abiding in Christ. And some just kind of come and the storms come and they leave. I thought it was interesting, this pastor said, we're going to start the book of Job because we, <laughs> we're going through a difficult time as a city, as a community. It was a state. And we want to find that Christ is enough. He's sufficient. So we abide in him and the Father, and God does something beautiful in our lives. So, Lord, help us to, to remember you, to, to go, to make disciples, to baptize them, to teach, to remember you. So I'm going to wrap it up quickly this morning. I could go for another hour, but I won't because I want to honor your time. But I just pray, as, as I tell you so many times, I just pray God's word will become rich to your soul. And he'll be a gentle shepherd that'll lead you day after day after day after day. And you'll look to Christ for instruction and leadership in your life, and you'll make him the centerpiece. And you'll choose to revolve and orientate your life around Christ and his word. And say, Lord, this is going to be a non-negotiable for me. And as I find time in your presence and your word, there's a richness of soul. There's security. There's comfort. And there's peace. Right now in our world, I know everybody wants peace. And I can't tell you the stock tip of the day that'll give you peace, because if I told you, it, it would bust. I can't tell you to do this, and it'll fade. I could tell you a good restaurant to go to, and that'd make you happy for a few hours, and you'd eat again. But I can tell you about one. His name is Jesus. And he'll never leave us or forsake us, and he'll lead us to the Father. So let's make disciples of this book of the Lord's people. Lord, I'm going to start going. And as I go, I've got a new mindset. I want to make disciples. See, a lot of times people say, oh, making disciples, that's just for staff. That's just for the elders. That's just for the leadership. Nope. It's for every single person in this room that names the name of Jesus Christ. We go and we make disciples. God, give us a heart for that because that will be a transformed church. Let's pray together. Lord, it's, uh, it's good to be in your house to follow the ways of the Savior and to look to you with confidence and realize that there's benefits to being a disciple. Our sins get forgiven. We, we get to go to heaven. We get to be the people of God. 
But Lord, we have a choice to make. And I pray that today we'll choose to follow you, we'll choose to abide in you. And then I pray, the Lord, that we would just choose to run after you. And God, don't let us get puffed up in the scripture. Let me find this verse. I, I know where you tell us in the word, Lord, that there's, a, you know, when we, when we get knowledge, it, it puffs up. So, Lord, help us to get biblical knowledge and understanding, but not to get full of ourselves and get all puffed up. Help us to fall so in love with you that we can't wait to share with other people what we've discovered in your book, in a life of faithfulness, in a life of being a disciple. God, I, I pray that today people would just leave here going, you know, I'm a disciple, and now I will go and make other disciples of Jesus. Give us the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, because apart from you, we can do nothing. All things are possible to those, to those who believe. We believe, Lord. We trust you. Lead us from this place, God. Bless all those homes we saw represented on the stage today in baby dedication. Help them to make disciples of the little ones. But Lord, help us to make disciples of the old the middle age, the young. Help us to be true disciples of the living Christ. Amen.